0: Welcome to Kama Shake Podcast, episode 75, and today is a very special day because we are at the photography and video show at the NEC in Birmingham. We'll be spending two days here talking to loads of people. We've got... All the manufacturers are here. We've got Olympus right behind us. We've got Canon. We're looking forward to playing with their brand new R3. And we've got Nikon over there, Sony. um, A whole lot of our former guests are here, so we're gonna get some conversations in with them as well. There's a whole lot of educational stuff going on as well. There's tons of stages. It's really super exciting. It's the first photography show in two years. So, join me. I'll take you in, we'll walk around, and we'll have a chat with everyone and everything that is anything in photography. So we're here with Canon, uh, with none other than David Perry. David, how's it going? Yeah, very good, yeah, yeah. Cool. Really good, thank you. I mean, this is, this looks amazing. What does it feel like being back at the show after,
1: like, two years? Do you know what, it, it's 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 so lovely to be back. Um, it was so funny when we did the setup day and obviously everything's being built. Walking into the NEC yeah. and just almost sort of smelling the sort of smells and the yeah. sights and everything, just everything comes screaming back to you, you know, floods back. And it's just like, wow, I've really, really missed this. You know, yeah. to, to be able to be surrounded by people who are so excited by photography and love to see the equipment and everything, it's yeah. just it's just magic. So yeah, yeah, really, really missed it, and so so glad to be back. Awesome. Well, we've been. Totally
0: hyped, you know, for the show. Like, I mean, ever since we booked our tickets, like months ago, actually. <laughs> so it's you know it's such an experience to be back and to talk to people in in person. Yeah, not real on Zoom. people. Yeah. in
1: three dimensions. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so Canon have recently
1: launched the amazing R three, and we actually have it here. So this is um, so obviously we launched this just a few days ago, and hmm. this is for most people, if not everybody, it's their first opportunity to actually get hands-on with it and have a look at it. Mm. And we've got quite a number here. I've managed to raid pretty much the whole of Europe yeah. <laughs> of their R3s, and I've got those many. I've actually got six here, and so that's the most that's ever been in this country at, at the moment. And I've got them all here for people to have a look at, right. which is which is great. Just try and get people to get hands-on yeah. and understand why we've done what we've done and what the camera is all about. Yeah. Which is, yeah. I mean, it's literally brand new, because as we are recording this, this came out three days ago? Uh, yeah, three or four days ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can't even remember that. It's all a blur. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Since then is a complete blur, but yeah,
0: three or four days
1: ago, within a week, this was. Yeah, yeah, yes.
0: I had an opportunity to hold it a second ago. And do you know the first thing
1: that. I immediately realized it's just how light it is. Yeah, so it's, it's significantly lighter than a, than a 1DX, which is kind mm. of, its. I suppose it's closest camera to this is our 1DX that we have in our lineup, yeah. which is still a current camera. Um, but because we've done away with the mirror box and done away with the um, the glass in the, the, for the optical viewfinder, mm. we could drop the size and weight of it. And this is what a lot of people are noticing. Um, mm. Even though we've done that, the grip is a very similar size. Yeah. So people who are used to using the 1 Series, when they're picking this up, all the buttons are in the same place. Yeah. Um, the muscle memory on where you're used to f- Finding the buttons, mm. um, it's all still there. So it does feel and handle like a one series, yeah. but is that a little bit smaller and lighter, yeah. which people are finding really beneficial. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the the uh, the features of the L three. Well, I mean, blimey, how long have you got? I mean, <laughs> the, the the new stuff that's on here is just incredible. Yeah. We've we've really moved things forward. What I think the key sort of message with this is that. This is designed, This camera is designed for sports, action, wildlife, news gathering. It's designed for these sorts of people, yeah. and these sorts of people have a very particular feature set that they want. Yeah. And that really comes, you know, that really explains why it's uh, 24.1 million pixels, um, because these guys want a, a really good balance of um, speed, um, uh, uh, resolution, um, low light capability, and file size as well. Yeah. And it's all of this put together, which yeah. with the you know the, the technology that we have at the moment, 24 seems to be that sort of sweet spot. Yeah. Um, yes, you can go bigger. We've got the R5, which is 45 sure. million pixels, but the file sizes are pretty big. Yeah. And if you're shooting at 30 frames a second, 14-bit RAWs at 30 yeah. frames a second, yeah. if you've got 45 million pixels to deal with, that's a lot of files and that's a lot of storage. Yeah. So um, I think the reality with, um, with
0: with megapixels is, you know, I've shot billboard campaigns with 24 megapixels. Yeah. So I mean, you know.
1: I remember selling cameras with one point two million pixels yeah. and telling people that's all you're ever going to need. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly right. Show my age now. <laughs> yeah. So we've got the R3. Um, what else is new with Canon? Um, so yeah. So the R3 is the, the big thing for us at the moment. Mm. Uh, we've also got two new lenses as well. We've got a sixteen millimeter um, um, the RF lens, is sixteen millimeter, and we've also got the hundred to four hundred millimeter as well, which mm-hmm. is an f five point six to f eight. Great. Now so funny. So. Um, you talk about, you know oh yes, f5.6 to f8. If I'd said that sort of three or four years ago, people would have gone, what f8, what are you doing? You can't have an f8 lens. Yeah. But with the new technology, with the sensors and the processors and the, um, the autofocus systems we now have on mirrorless, yeah. f8 doesn't matter. You can Absolutely. still autofocus beautifully, f8, f16, f22 if you want to. Yeah. Um, and because the electronic right. viewfinders, it's not really dark in the viewfinder either. Mm. And if we use things like FA, if we use these apertures, it enables us to build smaller, lighter, more mm. compact and more cost-effective lenses. Yeah. So you can have a hundred to four hundred, which is you know smaller than like the old seventy-five to three hundred or the seventy yeah. to three hundreds. Yeah. And that's so beneficial to have these smaller, lighter products, which yeah. which is what people, you know, people yeah. Don't want to carry around the big weights with them if they don't have to. Yeah, um, that's and really. to make them smaller and lighter is a real benefit. It's really nice. I'm loving the feedback that people have given us on the R3 yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, the feedback that we've had has just been just been great. People are so excited to, to see this product yeah. actually in the flesh. So yeah, so
0: of course it's a great opportunity actually for the first time in such a long time to really just hold a number of the the uh, the new camera bodies that have come out over the last years, so like the R5 for example.
1: Yeah. So um. So yeah. Since lockdowns happened, and you know we haven't been able to do anything like this, we've launched what R5, R6. We've launched a multitude of lenses into the RF. Things have really moved yeah. forward. But as you say, it's, there's, very few, there's been very few opportunities, if any, for people to see everything all together. Yeah. And this is their first opportunity to try everything and yeah. yeah you can you can see that people are you know really excited to see it all yeah. they still get it in their hands they're like wow this is amazing i mean yeah. I, that's the kind of feeling i get when i first pick up the cameras i'm like my god and then to yeah. see other people experience that really really makes makes your day doesn't yeah. it? it's i mean it's really exciting for,
0: for all the you know for all the tech nerds amongst us you know, obviously <laughs> yeah. but uh, you know we've, we've talked about um, you know canon products a lot of the time on the on the podcast for, for those of you, you know, Uh, who've been following us, and you will know that Nick recently, well, recently, what, a year ago? How long ago did you switch? About a year. Yeah, about a year ago. Yeah, so this is, in fact, shot on the R6. Yep. Um, beautiful camera, the R6. It's absolutely. It, it's actually great for, for video as well, so
1: it's yeah. perfect. It's a, it's a lo- uh, the R6 is a lovely sort of rounded package, I would yeah. say, because it's got that feature set there, it's got the 20 frames per second, it's got the amazing AF mm. system, it's got a um, beautiful sensor inside it, yeah. but it's at a really great price point. Oh, I think So a really great price point as well. Yeah. And it just gives you that fully rounded package. Mm. So, yeah, it's really nice to see what we're doing with the R6, because we've still got the R and the RP as well. Yeah. So, you know, we've got a good range there now, if people are looking to make that step into the R system. Yeah. I mean, even though... Since September 2018, we've been talking about R. It's been all about the R system, but we are still fully dedicated to our entire system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've still got 90, is 96. I'm sure. I'm sure if I've got it wrong, someone will say something in the comments <laughs> or something. But I think it's 96 lenses we have in EF. At the moment, EF and EFS. Right. Um, so we still have that full range there. We still have yeah. all the dedicated mirror, you know, the mirror bodies, mirror yeah. bodies, and we still got the EFM range as well. So mm. we have this this full range of um, mm. cameras for people in the EOS brand. Yeah. If people want to get into photography, and that's yeah. it's a great message. Yeah.
0: And then coming to the photography show, I mean, on one hand, it's a great opportunity to actually get your hands on on the actual products. Yeah. But then there's also a lot of um, Demos and you know and stuff like that going on. So what what have you got going on at the? Yeah, so we've
1: got stuff? um we've got two stages here. We've got the live stage and we've got our, what we call our bite size stage as mm-hmm. well. What we realised at the show is that um uh, what's what people really enjoy is not just the um inspirational stuff, the inspirational sort of presentations. Mm-hmm. They also like the um uh, the sort of like um, not quite training, but also the sort of um top like the tips. Sort of um, uh, presentations. So we've split the stages out into two now, which means you have a lot more choice over what content you want. And we've got um, uh, like Vladimir, who actually shot this image behind us. Mm. He's here. He's been demoing the um, uh, the R3, and we've got lots of other um, of our ambassadors here as well, Mm. all different genres as well. Portraiture. We've got some people who do storm chasing, Mm
2: -hmm. uh, which we've
1: never had before, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, And then on the on the bite-sized sort of stage, we've got. Um, instructional um, sort of presentations around uh, like how to set up the uh, the autofocus on the R5 and R6 and this kind of thing because yeah. you know we we're conscious that we've launched a lot of technology recently yeah. um, and we want people to get the best out of it so yeah really yeah. having these sort of presentations as well is, is yeah. great. Talking about autofocus, one of our in jokes um,
0: at the Camera Tech podcast is people won't know this. This usually happens when we set up for you know for an episode. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm constantly trying to outfox the eye autofocus, <laughs> and um, since I mean I've never succeeded in outfoxing it. So it's, you know, it's no, one of these things.
1: It, it still staggers me, you know, especially when you're doing, dealing with birds in flight. You're dealing with um, like owls or hawks or something, and essentially they're camouflage birds. Yeah, yeah. Somehow it manages to pick up not just the bird but the eye of the bird. Yeah. <laughs> and I got it working on a black Labrador the other day, and I was like. I it. I can't even see the Labrador's eyes. How yeah. are you focusing on it? Exactly. Um, but what's amazing is actually the R3's autofocus is better than the R5 and the R6. Right. Because we've looked at all the algorithms and we've tweaked them all, mm-hmm. so it should be more sticky and should be um, fast. Well, well, it is faster, definitely. This is the far. The R3 is the fastest AF uh, we've ever created on our system camera. Yeah. Cool. Um, so, so yeah, if you're impressed with that, next <laughs> <Awesome>. level here. <laughs>
0: oh, wicked. <laughs> well. What's in store for Canon over the next 12 months? Any any secrets you can (laughs) tell us?
1: Can we have a break? We've launched a lot of stuff over the (laughs) the last few years. Um, No, we're always looking at um, new things that we can do. Obviously, I can't talk specifics. I'd love to, but I can't do that. Um, What's been lovely is we've been getting a lot of feedback from people from what they actually want. We've been doing a lot more firmware updates on products as well. Um, It's something back in the day we never used to do that many, but it's great. We're listening to what people want. We are um, taking it on board, and we're looking at ways we can evolve our current products that we have, and not yeah. just looking at the n- new products as well. Um, there's still gaps in our range. You can see yeah. there's gaps here and there. I can't say anymore, but there's gaps here and there for various different things. So we are looking at stuff, and now, yeah, we're not finished by any stretch yeah. of the imagination. I guess oh, that's one of the exciting. great things. That's
0: one of the great things about Canon yeah. is you know it's it's so, it's, it's pushing the envelope. All the time, and there's always a great product
1: coming out. Yeah, I mean that, that's what that's what people are realizing about the R system. Because we have gone about the R system again, and like the RF lenses, that mm. you know it would have been very easy for us to create. Well, not very easy, but it would have been um, uh, would have been would have been easier for us to create um, RF equivalents of our EF lenses, yeah. like 16-35 2.8. Yeah, we could do a 16-35 2.8 in mm. RF, easy. But mm. no, we went 15-35 mm. 2.8 with image stabilization, yeah. which. Physically was not possible to do, not in a good way, mm. in EF. So yeah. we've got, you know, we've got image stabilizer on 2.8, right the way through from 15 to 200 millimeter now, mm. um, which is just fantastic to have that, have that kind of, you know, like the 100 to 400. We couldn't do that in EF. We couldn't create 100 to 400 that small and that lightweight. Mm. Um, 28 to 70 f2. Okay, we're showing off a bit there, but the 28 <laughs> to 70 f2. Yeah. Um, that's as sharp as having three prime lenses. Yeah. It's unbelievably sharp, you know, but stuff we couldn't do mm. with EF. Um, the EF mount was actually designed and built in the 1980s, and technology has moved on such a long way from that, yeah. you're kind of coming up to limitations of what that can do. Yeah. RF enables you to, to move forward mm. for the future, so yeah. Uh, things like the, um, the hot shoe, so we've created a new hot shoe for here. Oh yeah, that's right, the, the, yeah, the, tw- yeah. the, the um, uh, It's got 21 pins. It's the same size as a normal hot shoe, so don't panic. You can use all your, <laughs> your, all your accessories you've got. Now someone yeah. asked me just now about a Pocket Wizard. I've got Pocket Wizard, what can I do? Don't yeah. worry, it'll fit, you'll be yeah. fine. Um, but it's got these extra 21 pins on here, mm. which means you can have two-way communication between the accessory which and great. the camera. Yeah. And what I love about that is it means you can power the accessory from the camera. No more, you've got to hunt around for a CR2025 to go yeah. in the microphone because yeah. you have no idea how long it's yeah, been yeah. in there. You know, you're taking that power and also you can control the accessory from the camera as yeah. well. So instead of having the menu system or you know the little screen on the accessory, you can do away with that and yeah. you have the um, you have all the information on the touch screen on the back. It makes it very fast oh, to fantastic. use. So and that's really for the future. That's really exciting. Okay, we've only got a couple of accessories at the moment, yeah. but um, hopefully there'll be more coming in the future and you know, third-party manufacturers want to make accessories to fit this. Fantastic. Yeah, very, very exciting. Awesome. So, yeah. Awesome. Right, David, thank you so much for <laughs> talking to problem. us here at
0: the Photography Show. Um, absolutely awesome. We're definitely going to get a little bit of B-roll um, of the R3 for sure, so you can get a closer look. And, uh, you know, I urge you, if you get the chance, try it out. You know, next time you have an opportunity. David, thank you so much. No problem at all. Thank you. Excellent. So here we are on the Internet. Internet? <laughs> Let me just say that again. That's And <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <So, laughs> um, take two. Exactly. Yeah. So here we are on the Interfit Star. Um, with none other than Ben Bentley. Ben, how is it going?
3: Hey, nice to yeah, nice nice to see you guys. Yeah, really good. This is uh, day two. Uh, I'm only here Saturday and Sunday, so it's a short show for me this year. Uh, but yeah, it's so far, so good. It's been really nice to be back in a room with real-life human beings. Uh, and obviously, everyone's really excited to be out and to be checking out new equipment and checking out new techniques. So yeah, it's a pretty positive experience overall, I think, yeah. So...
0: You've been doing some demos and uh, and challenges or something on the show so far, right?
3: Right, yeah. So yesterday I was over on the photo live stage. Um, so the, I was asked whether or not I would try and... Uh, demonstrate what it's like to shoot an editorial assignment um, with talent when you don't have a ton of time, basically. So a lot of the magazine jobs that I shoot, uh, we end up getting like an hour or 30 minutes with an actor or a musician or whoever it is, and we've got to get through three, four, sometimes even more setups. So these guys said, how about we do a 30 minute time challenge on stage where basically you will answer questions whilst also shooting four different looks in the space of 30 minutes. So that was four outfit changes, lighting changes and we did it it worked out I I'd lost my, half my body weight in sweat. I was, <laughs> I was soaked by the end of it. But the images, I was actually really stoked. We, we had some really, really cool frames at the end of it. So yeah, and people liked it and people got to ask questions. And yeah, it was kind of a little bit of a blur from start to finish. But other people tell me it was uh, well-received.
0: <laughs> Four different outfits in 30 minutes. That sounds like a typical headshot so session for me.
3: That's it, yeah. So it's like jacket change, hair up, hair down, different jacket. But no, it was cool. So we did, to start off, we did, I guess we did soft light. We did like a hard light, bare bulb, fashion look. Uh, We did a like a gelled lighting option. And then we did like sort of a really classic editorial sort of portrait um, with just a key and a fill. And it was, yeah, honestly, yeah, 30 minutes. And we we got through all four. So I was really pleased about that. What are you doing today? So today I am at the Interfit booth. Uh, So I'm one of Interfit's creative pros, one of their sponsored professionals. Um, And I'm going to be showing basically just a couple of different portrait setups that I do quite a lot um, in spaces of this size so whereby which kind of you don't necessarily have room to shoot at 150 mils on a long lens and whatever so we're going to be doing some kind of some nice kind of sort of tighter sort of stuff Um, there'll be some soft light there'll be some harder light it's just going to be like a nice little cross-section i think Um, but yeah we're going to be using some of these pop-up backgrounds that these guys have started doing which i'm really enjoying using on location uh, just because if we're in the middle of a field i can still do what looks like a nice kind of straight studio shot um, so those have been super handy. So yeah, I'm going to be using some of those. And uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Sometimes people will ask me about stuff whilst we're doing it. And that's kind of what I love about being at the show, is unlike watching this stuff online or whatever, people are actually able to engage in real time. And if somebody asks me specifically, oh, I saw you do this certain thing, how did you do that? I can literally be like, okay, well, yeah, sure. Let's do it. I will physically show you this there and then. So, so yeah.
0: So for those of, for those of you watching, uh, you will know that I'm a long-standing user.
1: Cool. That's so cool. that's good to hear. Yeah. What
3: uh, the show here today? So at the show, they basically have got a nice little cross-section of strobes and of constant lights. So they've actually got a really cool LED range now. Um, which is just getting better and better. They're so much more powerful than they used to be. This bigger panel here is is bicolor and you can balance it daylight wise. Um, So I personally am shooting strictly strobes still, but as time goes on, I think the more and more power that is available from the LEDs, um, I think there's definitely some benefits to that in terms of sort of, yeah, in terms of the the options that they're offering now. But yeah, so there's the, the Badger Unleashed that you can see. There is the Badger Beam, which is the LED version of the honey badger um, and then there is still the, the classic pro s1 which is still at the heart of my kit because they're 500 watts and they're just they're built to last like i've taken them everywhere like they've been to the desert and got full of sand and empty them out turn them back on and they work just fine so i'm yeah i'm still i'm still very much an s1 user but no i love that you can use the unleashed alongside those everything works on the same trigger system so it's really exciting to be able to as the line gets bigger to add stuff into the mix unlike the camera manufacturers who seem to be sort of making it harder and harder to make stuff cross-compatible within their brands. These guys are really eager for people to be able to keep adding to their kit and not have to sort of all of a sudden switch onto a different system just because they want to use a higher powered light, for instance. So that's something I've always really appreciated. But yeah, so it's obviously a smaller show than it normally would be. But ultimately, yeah, the stuff that is here is is fantastic. And yeah, people do seem to be very excited about LED at the minute because it's getting better and better and better.
0: But now, I'm, a, I'm a Badger user. I've been building up yeah. my Unleashed collection that's over the last few years.
3: Well, that's, that's what's cool, isn't it? You can just keep adding to these kits, and I mean, at this point in time, I think, yeah, somebody was telling me that they'd used up to 12 of these, and it, yeah, it's fantastic, like being able to build a set that big and control it all off the same mm-hmm. trigger, uh, and obviously three groups, three different power settings, they, they really are, for the size of them, I do firmly believe that value for money-wise, to say that this is an American brand versus sort of an off brand kind of, uh, yeah, sort of Far East option. These really are powerful and capable lights for what they are, yeah.
0: I'll tell you why. I, I first got into the uh, into the Unleashed, uh, into the, the Honey Badger Unleashed, because um, I have a, re- a relatively small camera room. And so I needed to get hold of something that's sort of reminiscent of the old Einstein kind of lights. Yeah. So I can get it close to the wall and it
3: yeah well no that's it and that's perfect. What the thing I love about the shape of the the Unleashed particularly um, depa- if I'm packing kind of concisely for a job in the same backpack that I can only fit two S1s I can fit two Unleashed and an S1 and the idea of being able to do a three light setup like as you guys know out of one backpack if you're on the move and going from place to place is super handy because I mean although there are days when I I do have my assistant and I've got my big think tank production manager and I've got eight strobe. And there are days where it is just me and I've got 30 minutes in a hotel room with somebody and I've just got to take everything myself and just do it and get the job done. And these lights have become a a go-to option for that. I use them for key and for fill. Some people are saying, oh, well, I could see why you'd use them as background lights. But no, honestly, they're really, really capable. And honestly, at at 250 watts, Unless you're shooting at F-16 or whatever, like it, you, you're not struggling for power on these. Um, and that honestly, yeah, like I said, they, they work as really nice bedfellows with the S1. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm still after, yeah, a few years now, really, really content with, with what, they, what they offer me at this point. And I've taken all of this stuff to pretty heinous conditions uh, and they travel a lot and they get beaten up and they still every time out the bag, turn them on and they're, and they're good to go.
0: Fantastic. Thanks, no Ben Bentley. Absolutely.
3: Pleasure, yeah. Thank you for having me. Excellent.
0: So, that's the Inafit booth. Uh, we're going to be checking out some of the products and we'll see you again in a minute. Right. So, we're here at the Three Legged Thing stall. Stall is it a stall or a stand?
4: Hi, um, the WEX stand, but we're representing Three Legged Thing.
0: Excellent. So, Three Legged Thing, we're here with, I'm here with uh, Caitlin McEwan. Uh, Caitlin, what is it like being back at the show?
4: It's so great being back at the show to see so many people and to be able to interact with everyone and so people can get hands on experience with the product. It's really good for them to get to experience it before they decide to purchase
0: it. It's been tricky for the last sort of 18 months, two years, right?
4: Yeah, it's been really difficult because people want to be able to see the products and everything before they decide to buy it so they can see if it's right for them and for their gear. But being back today has been great.
0: I, th- I mean, I think that's a really important aspect. It's just actually being able to touch it and feel it You know, you just don't get that impression from a photograph online or something.
4: Yeah, that's what's been difficult about it. But we like to think that our product videos show the products in a good light as well. But getting the hands on stuff is really important for people.
0: So what are you particularly excited about um, here today?
4: Um, So we've got our Legends range tripods with us today. And WEX are doing a really good deal, showing them for uh, £199 today. Usually they go for £389. But Wex have got a really good deal on for the show, and we're really excited to be able to show off our um, Canon R5 and R6 dedicated L racket as well. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's actually that's a super tip, you know. If you've never been to the photography show, you can you can pick up some sweet deals right here. So um, what else have we got?
4: Um, so we've also got our Pro Range 2.0 tripods, which launched, I think it was late 2019, and people have been really interested in replacing their old Pro Range and replacing it with the new updated version.
0: So what are, the, what are the features on those?
4: Um, so it, all of the tripods released, um, including the Legends range and the Pro range 2.0, now have three detachable legs, which is a nice feature for all of our new products. And um, the Legends range also comes with rapid latch, which is really good for people with impaired mobility, or yeah. if you're wearing um, like gloves or something in the cold as well. And they're super lightweight, made from carbon fiber as well. Yeah.
0: That's one of the first things I've noticed when I just picked this up just before. It's like it weighs nothing.
4: Yeah, it's super lightweight. I think uh, Off the top of my head, I think Ray weighs about 1.5 kilos. Yeah,
0: That's fantastic. I'm constantly logging tripods around with me, so that, that could be a good thing.
4: Yeah, they're also super compact. Like Ray's are ultra compact and travel friendly, so yeah. he might even fit into a water bottle pocket in your bag.
5: Yeah.
0: Well, that's exactly what I've been looking for, actually. Oh,
4: that's <laughs> awesome.
0: <laughs> Great, cool. So you've got a whole... A range of different different heads on here as well. So
4: yeah, we do. So the Legends range comes with our Airhead View, which um, has a panning filter uh, feature, and also you can tilt the head. But also, the reason we call it the Airhead View is because there's a little um, little window in the front, so you can see the internal mechanism moving, oh, great. which is really cool for people to see. And I think people really enjoy that they're able to see inside of the head as well.
0: Fantastic. So I hope you have a great show. Um, you here until Tuesday,
4: or? Uh, so three-legged thing is here until Tuesday, but uh, myself, I was just here yesterday and today. But we'll have more representatives from three-legged thing throughout the week. Great.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Thanks so much, Caitlin. That was awesome. Yeah. So if you you know if you're looking for a new tripod, you know check three-legged thing out. Um, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed. I mean, uh, this is definitely on my list of things to do. So see what the cat dragged in, we've got... <laughs> <laughs> as in
6: the best intro.
0: <laughs> so we found lurking amongst the Sony stands, Tommy Reynolds and Alex Benny, some of our former guests over here. Guys, it's been awesome to be here at the show, eh?
6: It's so, it's so nice to be here. And it's also the first time I'm seeing you and Nick face to face. It's so, so lovely to be here.
0: <laughs> it's funny when you see people, when you meet people for the first time and you've only spoken to them, like, you know, on Zoom. And I knew you were tall, Alex, <laughs> but I didn't know you were
7: that tall. Yeah, I, I get that a lot. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really good to see you guys in person. We had such a great uh, chat when we, we did the podcast. And um, it's just, yeah, it just feels so good to be back at the show. Yeah. Seeing all the people that you know face to face—it's like
0: just starting to feel normal again. Yeah, so yeah, I um,
7: know. Yeah,
0: really, really, really glad to be back. It, it was like it's one thing actually being able to go out and work again. So that was the first thing. But that now actually being in a position where we can all come together and like and meet you know other professionals and start talking to manufacturers again for the first time—that's really that's kind of sort of elevated. Actually, that's made it made it made no. It's made it made. I can't talk today. <laughs> this may have something to do with what we up to last night. But, you know, know. <laughs> yeah. but um, what I'm trying to say is it's made it feel a lot more real for me, actually, that things
6: are yeah yeah going back. 100%. I think, well, I think photography in general can be a, a, a lonely place because you're uh, you work on your own, you edit on your own. And I think what I love about, personally, what I love about the trade show in general is it just gives you an opportunity to put names to faces that you might have been speaking to online. And that's the, the great thing about photography in general and the community is that it's so community and the trade shows a great opportunity for us to kind of come together and uh, see other like-minded people. And it's, it's just a really, I get such a lovely buzz from being around other people.
0: It's, it's been so much fun. I mean, it's been so much fun joining you at your, uh, at your talk yesterday. That was <laughs> awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing those images. <laughs> in
6: particular, because obviously yeah. I pulled you up on stage. Exactly.
0: Thank you so much for that. <laughs>
6: I, I got a picture out of it. Woo-hoo. There you go. <laughs>
0: So yeah, I mean, you know, I can only—I mean, all I can say is, right for, for those you know people watching or listening, it's really worthwhile coming to to events like the Photography show because it gives you the opportunity, you know, not only to actually get your hands on the latest and greatest tech that's that's new. Or in actual fact, I feel like I haven't held anything other than a Nikon for the last two years. <laughs> it's been great, but also it's a real opportunity, you know, like to meet like not only like-minded people but also, you know speak to people that, that you see, maybe, or that you know from, I don't know, from watching YouTube videos or yeah. you know, TV and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So what's been the thing that's, that's, that you found in terms of cameras, lenses, or gear in general, what's been the thing that, that's excited you the most? Alex, you want to? I'm
7: probably actually getting to hold the Sony A1 knowing that I'll never afford it. <laughs> um, but just, you know, seeing things like the Sony A1 and all the other new kit, just how incredible the tech now mm. in, in the, the the cameras and how easy it's making things. And um, yeah, it's, it's, I just, it's, it's a shame that some exhibitors aren't here for the show. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the ones that have come here, so much respect for them sort of like still doing it, still bringing the crew, um, you know, shows like this are dying and it, it relies on the exhibitors to get behind it and there are loads of people here it's yeah. it's you know it's there's way more people than i expected and that's great yeah. yeah you know so i really really hope that next year like all the exhibitors come back and they get behind it and you know they represent their brands and they bring their tech and you know and just just keep the photography yeah. show going
6: but not only the um, the tech also the the amazing stages that we have with real with real talks from real industry people. It's great to get some motivation and inspiration from people that, as you said, you've seen on YouTube, that feel to us like celebrities, it's really nice. Even people as high as ranking is here at the show, which is great. So, as well as the amazing exhibitors, it's also really nice to be able to see some free talks as well, which is really great. Yeah, I think that's the one thing to remember. It's,
0: Of course, it is all about all the products here, but there's so much education to be had as well. I mean, there's mm. so much to learn here. You know, there's, um, there's a video stage. There's a post-production editing post-production stage. Yep. There's the live stage. There's the masterclass stage. I mean, it's like so much stuff going on all day long over four days. Yes. And it's yeah, you know, it's been it's been fantastic to see you know to see lots of different talks. So how's how have your presentations gone down? And the same, same for you, Alex. How's it been so far?
7: Yeah, really well. I had my first one this morning. Um, first live talk since the Photography Show 2019. Yeah. I've done quite a few online presentations and stuff, but it's just not the same. So, quite nervous this morning, and you know, first one thing. But the turnout was brilliant, and I would just like he smashed it. He smashed, really, it. He I, smashed yeah. it. But no, it really helps, you know, if you're giving a talk and there's hardly anyone there. But you know, I was so humbled by the amount of people that came to the talk and speaking to people afterwards. And it's great having that sort of conversation with people face to face. And yeah. Talking about stuff and uh, yeah, it's it's been really good and um, yeah, just yeah, you you've, you've done a, a live demo yesterday and a talk today. Yes, and yeah,
6: I did a did a live demo yesterday, which I pulled you up for. I purposely didn't want to get a modelling, so I thought it'd be more interactive if I pull people up yeah. on stage. So that went really well. And this morning, I did my another talk on the masterclass stage, talking about turning your personal work into paid work, which went so so well. I'm so pleased, so humble. Um, it's so nice coming off stage and seeing the response, not only on Instagram, but people coming up and saying how much they really enjoyed it. And that for me is why I come here. It's so worth uh, getting the feedback, just one person enjoying it just makes you feel so good. Exactly. And it makes you feel like you're not putting it out there to random digital data and no one's seeing it. Like, it's hard to sometimes translate your, num- your following with real people, yeah, sure. but coming here, translates that number into real people and getting that
0: real feedback is amazing. This is, I mean, that's really something very special, you know, after 18 months of lockdowns and and Zoom meetings and, you know, and and video calls and all that kind of stuff, is you actually have actual human interaction. It's a little bit like Clubhouse in real life. (laughs) (laughs) it is, yes. So, um, I I remember, uh, you know, when I used to perform on stage a lot, um, there's two things I remember. One is I always found it much harder and much more nerve-wracking to fall in front of a really small crowd mm. because with a big crowd you sort of lose the individual and it, it yeah, just looks yeah, like yeah. one big you know crowd and it's somehow easier to do yeah uh, but with a small like with a small audience it's nerve-wracking because you feel like every pair of eyes is like trained in you and, like you know 100% yeah totally but get that. what I used to love was coming off stage afterwards and then having that interaction with people you know who had their comments to me about whatever I played or screwed up on stage, that happened too, so, you
6: know. <laughs> stuff like that happens. But, so, but equally as well as all the good stuff as well, right? Yeah, 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 I mean, that's,
0: that's really, I think that was, for me, that was always the driver for me to carry on doing that. Yeah, you know, that was sort of the, the main thing, um, but, you know, the performing on stage, I never found that necessarily, I mean, it was just part of the job, it was, it, I never used to get terribly nervous doing that kind of thing, um, but it's, it's just the kind of time afterwards when you come, you come off stage and you're buzzing. Yes, you know that's like yeah. that's the
7: kind
6: of thing. To- it's the high, isn't it? Sort of, yeah, exactly.
7: you've survived. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly.
6: And yeah. I'm sure that's exactly how you felt coming off stage today. Um, yeah, after your talk, there's just- the relief,
7: there's the adrenaline, you know. Yeah. but um, yeah, and kind of getting, getting the first one done and it, yeah. it kind of feeling how it used to. And-,
0: and and of course, you know, regardless of of what you thought before, you realise that when you're done. The world hasn't stopped turning, yeah, yeah, and you know you haven't died. <laughs> yes, yeah. like you, everything's yeah. still normal. Yeah, uh, yeah, massively still
6: get nervous. Yeah, I mean it's been 18 months since we've since have done done this in front of any crowd. I even said it during my demo. I said I'm so nervous right now. I haven't done this in 18 months. I actually was that transparent and said it out loud. But um, but yeah, it's so, so worthwhile when you finally do it. You've as soon as I finished, I was like, I want to do it again. Like yeah. I just want to do it. But leading up, I was like. Nervous, nervous, nervous. But yeah, yeah, once you do it, like any performance, like, yeah. So what's been the highlight of the show for you guys? Yes, yeah, what's been the highlight for you?
0: Actually, um, on a human level, the highlight for us has really been actually meeting people in person. Like like us, for example, we've been talking online and via Zoom and whatever, you know, for the last year and a year and a half or whatever, but we've never actually managed to meet in person. And so it kind of, you know, you feel like you get to know people and then, but there's this, this human interaction, you know, that's that's like missing. That's been, I think, that's been the the biggest highlight for us this year. And also, um, we've just enjoyed making new connections and, you know, seeing new things. I really love like getting my hands on on some camera bodies, you know, yes. um, and stuff like that. It's been, yeah, it's been really super fun. You Good. Know? Man. Good. So it's been a busy two days for us. Yes, I can imagine. But, yeah. You know,
6: but I'm sure everyone empathises and feels the same way as you. It's the, it's, the, it's the reason why we come here.
0: Cool. So, what are your plans for the next sort of six months?
6: Good question. Um, well, my, the last six months for me have been very different. I'm Un, totally unplanned. It's um, weddings are obviously coming back, so for me the last the last six months have been really busy with weddings. With regards to the next six months, it's hard to say, really, because because of. The wedding, the wedding side of things. I think I'm gonna get a lot more busy when it comes to weddings, but also now as we're coming to the end of this year, I'm gonna be working more on my personal work. I've had some great feedback today, including from Alex about some of my commercial work that I've done recently. It's quite
7: good, this one.
6: <laughs> and as well as weddings, I wanna keep concentrating as well as doing the, uh, the portrait stuff and the personal work. Make sure I don't lose touch on the personal work. So I guess the next six months are gonna be a mixture of personal and and the wedding side of things for me. Excellent.
7: How about you Alex? I want to sleep as much
6: as possible. (laughs) I really do.
7: Um, No, I think like Tommy, like the the wedding work is kind of, I think I've got a bit of a lull. one more wedding end of December and then it's going to sort of really be focusing on the weddings for next year and trying to build that diary back up. um, But. One thing that I really want to do um, is really get back into my street photography because that that just didn't happen for like two years because of family and lockdown. And um, I started getting back out and it was quite interesting. Went out the other week, uh, the month, and I was so nervous because like, I'd been out of that sort of mindset for so long. So I really want to push myself to get out and do some more street photography um, and maybe give this YouTube thing a try. Yes. Yeah, you need to, you need to. (laughs) I've been talking about it for five years, so (laughs) maybe now's the time. But um, but yeah, and just sort of um, enjoy it, really, and kind of just be grateful to be able to be working and taking photos and stuff. So yeah, we just have to see how it goes.
0: Well, we've been talking behind the scenes about creating some some, uh, photo challenges uh, over the next six months. So we will be challenging you for some you know, some photographic goodness um, okay. in the near future. So that's, that's something we're going to be talking about on one of the future episodes, for sure. Can't so, wait. you know, stay tuned for that. You'll be seeing that all on here. Right, Tommy, Alex, thank you so much for taking the time out and, and just talking to us. Absolute oh, pleasure. Thank you so, so much for um, having us. I'm pretty sure a drink will be
6: waiting for us at some point. Oh, 100%, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Tonight? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's that's let's why we it. come
7: here. It's another reason why we come here. I, yeah. Generally, it's like <laughs> 50%. Of why we come here is to not not just to drink, uh, but but, you know, (laughs) to socialize and meet people. Because some people we don't, I only see the show. Only see here, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you've got to make the most of it right now and just kind of like, just, yeah. Yeah.
0: Forget about the gear and all that kind of stuff. We're just here for the drinks. (laughs) That being said, see you back in a minute. So we're here at Road Microphones with uh, Tom Lewis. Tom,
8: how's it going? How are you finding this uh, photography show after two years? Strange, <laughs> um, obviously with everything that's gone on, being in, in this kind of environment, after the show being canceled, 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 canceled. Feels strange, but it's really good to be here. Really, really happy to be here. We've got lots of cool stuff to show off, lots of new things that people haven't been able to see in person. So yeah, really happy to be here.
0: We're really excited about, about road mics because we use road mics a lot in what we do. And so it's, it's actually great to you know, be able to actually see things in reality rather than on a screen.
8: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and talk to people that know the stuff the best. That's the thing, not to blow my own horn, of course, but um, but I mean, people come to these events for information, to talk about this stuff, and we're very, very happy to educate people. How's the pandemic been in general for Rogue? I can imagine you've been probably pretty busy. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So uh, we make quite a wide, uh, wide variety of microphones. So not just on camera, not just shotgun, not just broadcast, USB mics were a massive thing for us. Obviously with everyone working from home, we released a microphone called the NT-USB Mini, pre-pandemic. There was a game changer in its own right, and then COVID struck and it was a game changer that everyone needed. So we've been incredibly busy. Um, the video mic series has been picking up nicely as people are getting back to filming, doing weddings and stuff again. And obviously during uh, COVID as well, we released a wireless go to which is, An absolutely phenomenal product, if I say so myself. And
0: I keep seeing that everywhere now.
8: Everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. I mean, uh, people we've not even sort of seen with them before are coming across and asking about them and what's new and what can they do. People are buying them and not even really knowing what they do. It's great. You know, there was a guy I was talking to yesterday that didn't know it had a built-in recorder. You know.
0: So, look at us.
8: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. This could be a
0: game changer for us. (laughs)
8: <laughs> it's really good. No more bulky field recorder. Absolutely, so um, yeah, really enjoying the show. Um, again, loads of new stuff that people haven't seen yet, um, like the video mic NTG. Absolute game changer, that thing. It's a fabulous piece of kit. Yeah, it's just good to be here. Good to be here, good to talk to people again, and I'm trying to get myself a new camera body as well. So, uh, Ready, what are you looking for? Something really cheap that I can break, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Um, now something Sony, E-mount, I lived that life. So yeah, something better than what I've got currently. I yeah. said, awesome. what are you
0: shooting at a moment? What's that, sorry? What are you shooting at a moment?
8: Uh, I am using a Canon thing that I got through work. <laughs> it's uh, that horrible EOS 550D, <laughs> which is a relic. Um, I was actually at a show with the Canon guys a few weeks ago, they saw that and they went, God, oh, Jesus, I haven't seen those for years. That's how old it is. And I've also got uh, an OG uh, Blackmagic, pocket cinema camera as well nice which I absolutely adore Um, not a massive fan of the 4k and the 6k I like the og Um, I like the fact that you have to work it to get the uh, the grading it's it's it forces you to get good at editing that thing and it forces you to uh, work you know it's not just instantly beautiful videos straight out of the box it's uh, yeah it's a good learning experience that camera
0: I and mean, it's a general tip, you know, for anybody creating video content. I think audio is very often underestimated uh, when it comes to putting videos together. So, you know, with your variety of microphones on offer, you can't really go wrong.
8: No, absolutely. I mean, we've got mics that go from the very cheap to your kind of 50 pounds kind of range, all the way up to the kind of 250 pounds kind of range. They'll do a fantastic job. You know, you can't go wrong with them.
0: The other thing that interests me is, the, uh, is this thing here, the Alphax.
8: Um, on board? Yeah, so um, Aphex are an old school audio processing company that were known for creating something called the Big Bottom uh, and it was widely adopted in broadcast, radio, that kind of thing because it gave your voice presence Okay. so in here they have just popped it in there so roadball bought Apex <laughs> and then put their technology in this box so the effect of this is it gives you that kind of big broadcast radio tone. Uh, and it does a lot of extra added features as well. You can It's got c- compression, de-essing, that kind of stuff as well. So it's a very kind of polished sound straight out of the box.
0: So for any budding podcasters out there, this may very well be the solution to your audio problems right there. Cool. Thank you so much, Tom. It was an absolute
8: yeah. pleasure. Absolute pleasure.
0: So we're here at the Olympus stand with the two Claire's from Olympus and also, better known from Coffee with the Claires. How are you guys?
2: We're good. Thank you. So good. Thank We're you for having us. So pleased to be here. Yes, Coffee with the Claire's, what a phenomenon that's been. <laughs> if you haven't watched it, you should. Exactly. Such a Where can you see it? So it's on at the Olympus uh, UK Facebook, we stream it live. Um, We generally do it about every three to four weeks. We Um, we started it on a Saturday, but now we've taken it to sort of midweek, sort of Friday. we do evenings, we We do do a few evenings. Um, It's such a great family, it's such a great way to connect with customers. And, you know, we sort of, this all started in the early days of the pandemic. Uh, We sat down and we said, how do we get to our customers? we can't see them, there's no shows, what do we do? And so we said, what about doing like a little chat show type thing? And, it, and it's grown from there. We have our own merch and everything. It's pretty awesome, it's just isn't, it, spirals, isn't it? It's just. Got-
0: this sounds strangely familiar to me, by the way. But we will explore that a little bit further in the near future, for sure. Now, um, Olympus, what's new at the show?
2: Oh, wow. Well, wow. we've been really busy. It's day Three? Is it day, <laughs> day three? three? It's day three. We've been so busy. It's been great meeting everyone again because you know we haven't been able to see anyone in person. So it's been really nice doing that. We've had talks. Yep. We've got kit. We've got merch. Yep. What's new? Should we show what's new? Sure. So uh, we're actually. This is the only one in the UK. Um, it's the 150 to 400. It's almost like gold dust. Um, and obviously, it's the first chance people have had to actually get their hands on it. And so this has been. The first launch under the new company, under their own Digital Solutions, um, who took over on the 1st of uh, January, and it's been long awaited. It's been such a great finally to get it out into customers' hands. We are oversold on it. It's going to be, it's on back order. Sorry about that guys. Um, but yeah, the, so this is the thing that everybody's come to see. If you're into wildlife or birds in flight, this is the way forward. Can I touch it? Go on then.
0: Woo! It actually does look a bit like a spaceship. I mean you
2: gotta you know so lovely. I mean it's less than two kilos, but with a converter it gives you two thousand mil at F8. I mean, hello. Um, so it's beautifully light and a lot of the people that were looking to come to Olympus from other brands have been waiting for this lens. This has been the one they said, I've been waiting, I've been waiting, now it's here, I wanna change, but of course. We can't get any. So um, <laughs> you know, we are making them much, much more quickly and we're trying, but again, the pandemic's still going on worldwide, right? So we're fine in the UK everybody's pretty much vaccinated, but that isn't a worldwide thing. So yeah. So we just need those little Olympus elves to get their little spanners and their and their hammers out the and make more. There, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Claire? The eight to twenty-five mil pro lens, which we also launched recently, F4. Again, really nice, small, compact, and again in huge demand. Yeah, great video lens, by the way. Yeah. Because obviously it's sixteen. By that way, sixteen to fifty mil. Yeah. So when you look at sort of video, it's a yeah. nice little video lens. So that's what we're sort of pushing on that side. Just lovely, you know, fully weather sealed as well.
0: Fantastic. So, what does it feel like, like being back for the first time in two years, right? A
2: little bit weird. Um, Seeing people in 3D and having to talk to people, that was a little bit weird. It's tiring, isn't it? We've not done this really tiring but also fabulous there are some people that we've uh, with the show with Coffee with the Claire's that join every week and of course you don't know what they look like they just put their name and comments up and they've come to the stand and said hey so we felt like quite stars this week it's been very nice we've met lots of people that have been on the show and yeah honestly it's just so nice to connect with our customers we've always considered ourselves as a family you know we are maybe a bit smaller than other manufacturers but that enables us to be a family and yeah and dogs, aren't we? We're the rogue ones that go a bit like, yeah, do you know what? Let's start a live, you know, talk show with Claire and Claire. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. So you know, for that side of it and seeing the customers that have come out, the end users have been absolutely wonderful. That's what we do it for. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Fantastic. So remember, you know, if you do get a chance and you love Olympus, you know, go and check out uh, Coffee with the Claire's on Olympus. Um, guys, thank you so much for talking to us. Really you? And uh, I'm pretty sure we, we will be seeing, I can't talk today, we will be seeing more we of you. We will
2: meet again.
0: We will meet again. We
2: will meet again. Keep your eyes Absolutely. out. I'm really looking forward to it. Meeting.
0: All right, great. So we're here at the Fuji Film booth with Andreas Georgiades. Andreas, how's
9: it going? Um, yeah, it's been it's been interesting. It was very um, lovely to be back, obviously speaking to end users and photographers and everything. And um, We're all a bit out of practice, so, so only day two and uh, our legs are feeling it. Um, but um, yeah, we, we didn't really know what to expect. Obviously, so so close to um, all the COVID guidelines, um, all the COVID restrictions, rather um, ending and what have you. But there's been a great appetite from from people to come and see all the new stuff, um, see us, and to like chat to us. And um, yeah, we're we're really enjoying it.
0: Yeah, it's been a really positive vibe. Um, yeah. You know, we've only we it's our first day here today, but it's been so uh, positive and welcoming everywhere. It's just been great, it's, it's just great
9: to be out again. Exactly, yeah, it's it's a new hall for us, it's a completely new stand as well, so so we, we're just like getting used to that as well. But um, no, it's lovely to see a lot of the familiar faces, a lot of new faces, we've seen quite a lot of families and um, a much younger audience as well, so that's a credit to the team at the photography show to getting the message out there. Um, but you know, we, we just love being back.
0: It's also, as a photographer, it's just really great to get your hands on actual cameras, yeah. and you know because that really hasn't been possible for the last 18
9: months. No, not really. So obviously, the with with retailers and that not being open, we've so like done a few initiatives in terms of um, loaning cameras out to people, to, so they can test them in their own environment. We we continue that through, and so like um, at the show, you can you can borrow stuff. Um, if you want. But um, yeah, it's all about interacting with people, them getting their hands on products, them being able to say, oh, can I try this lens on my camera? And um, we, we're offering sort of like free sensor cleaning as well. So that's like a nice little um, loyalty reward to to our end users. So um, yeah, you're right. It's, it's just nice being in this sort of like friendly environment again. So what's new
0: with Fuji here at the photography show this year?
9: Um, we've, got, we've got loads of new things. We've got new cameras. Um, so, like, um, we've got new printers as well. Um, we've obviously got the talks from our uh, ex photographers. We've got all the, the great range of Instax products as well. But the, probably the headline product that we've got that most people have been asking for um, to see is the new GFX 50S Mark II. Um, so, it's ruffled a few feathers in terms of the price point um, medium format with a lens for £3,900 or €4,500. So it's like a real, real um, price point that a lot of people are standing and taking notice. Um, New lenses for our X-series range, we've got the 33mm f1.4. We've got the new XT30 Mark II. On the Instax side of things, we've got the new um, Mini 40, which is nice retro feel, but like real, real fun, Um, really easy to use. Um, printing side of things, so more so sort of like B2B audience. We've got a CX3240 printer which does everything from greetings cards to sort of like um, photo books and everything. So, right, real compact unit. And Then obviously we've got all our professional papers and things like that on show. I mean, the thing about Fujifilm is, is we show everything from photo taking to photo making, printing it out. Um, but yeah, generally it's just a nice, bright. Less corporate stand, I suppose, is the best way to describe
0: it. well, absolutely. I've just seen some models um, on this on the stand as well that was, uh, that was really quite exciting um, so there's a lot of demos going on as well
9: yeah, lots of demonstrations, lots of like um interacting with people and as you as you pointed out, people want to get in, get their hands on kit that they've like been wanting to see for a couple of couple of months that they haven't been able to to get to shops and things like that um, but it, For us, it's all about customizing the experience to the end user however they want. So is it them trying out the 30X series lenses that we've got on their camera? We're quite happy to do that. Is it them taking a couple of photos with the model in the Instax booth? We're quite happy to do that. So it's just about immersing yourself in photography when you come to the Fujifilm stand.
0: I'm loving the Instax cameras down there. My 10-year-old daughter just got into photography, and uh, the Instax cameras, is is, that's one of the things that, uh, that really interests her. So I'll be having a closer look at that in a minute.
9: Yeah, definitely. And we've got like obviously the three different sizes. We've got the mini, the credit card style, the square, which is more your Instagram generation understanding square photos and that. And then we've got like the classic wide, which is a slightly more um, close to six by four size of print. Um, Yeah, lots of different cameras available, lots of different film packs available. Um, That that range just keeps growing and growing, growing from strength to strength.
0: Excellent. Andreas, thank you so much for talking to us. Um, That's us at Fujifilm. We'll see you in a bit.
10: We're here with Julian Harvey from Nikon. Is it Nikon or Nikon? It's actually either, confusingly. Uh, in the US, uh, our US team definitely say Nikon, but in Europe, and in fact in Japan, where I believe the correct pronunciation must be more readily felt, it's Nikon.
0: It's Nikon, oh my God. How could it have been so wrong for so many years? Incredible, <laughs> it's nuts.
10: Anyway, so Julian, what does it feel like being back at the photography show after two years? It's a day that's been a long time coming, right? I think they shifted it a couple of times. Um, It's wonderful to be back, you know. I think we we innovated as did the rest of humanity uh, during the pandemic to try and bring as much uh, as we could into digital format. There's lots of good stuff that comes out of that, like accessibility and scalability of the messaging we want to create. But ultimately, it's never quite the same as being able to speak to our audience and to to other photographers face to face Mm -hmm. and really get into some of the detail around these products and uh, and our brand.
0: And I guess, you know, for for consumers, it's just really awesome to
10: be able to get your hands on some of the cameras and lenses and everything. 100%, there's there's really no substitute for that experience. So
0: what's new with Nikon
10: here at the photography show? Um, So I suppose our our latest product is the ZFC. This is our kind of retro inspired camera. it's a beautiful little thing that um, is themed on the FM2, which I don't believe we actually have one of those here. But FM2, one of our most iconic cameras um, from the '70s, um, and now and now we have the ZFC, which is just attracting so much attention. I mean, it's just it's such a thing of beauty, and I think for all of the specs and technologies that's important in in the photography world, nothing says cool like something that looks like you know, you just want to carry it around on your neck. And uh, we've seen that with so many photographers. We were at, we're title sponsors of something called Photo London, which is the, the world's biggest uh, kind of gallery exhibition at Somerset House, which we were at uh, last weekend. And 100% of the people that came to The sand were picking up the ZFC. And it's no different here. It's, it's such a beautiful camera.
0: Well, I definitely got to get my hands on one of those um, later because I've been looking forward to that you know, yeah. particularly. Um, but you've got a lot of stuff going
10: on. So what's happening behind us on the stage? So we run, as we do every year, um, we run uh, a big kind of roster of speakers. So this is a combination of our Nikon School training guys. So you know, the real technical experts um, behind our brand, but then also some of our ambassadors uh, and some of our Z creators who are effectively kind of junior ambassadors who um, are using our Z series cameras, uh, but they've been they've been proven to be really popular so far. We've got uh, Harry Skeggs about to speak. He's a fine art wildlife photographer and one of our Z creators, um, so looking forward to seeing that.
0: You know what I love about the Nikon stand, actually, is the little exhibits that you've got all around, like all these classic cameras, like there's a a NASA camera over there. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about those because that's pretty phenomenal.
10: Yeah, so uh, one of the things we really pride ourselves at Nikon is our heritage and our legacy. You know, we're one of the oldest brands in the game. We started in 1917. And so we've got this, this ridiculous legacy of innovation, this proven track record of bringing, you know, the latest and greatest innovations to market. And this is a really good opportunity for us with a really engaged photography audience to, to tell that story a little bit. So we've got the NASA camera. Nikon is the only camera brand to have ever been up in space. The International Space Station, uh, yeah, every single astronaut that's gone up has always taken Nikon up there. Take that, um, <laughs> <laughs> um But also, uh, but also we, I mean, we've got this fisheye lens over here. Um, which is uh, which is just the coolest thing ever, and my favourite part about the fisheye is that it inspired Stanley Kubrick to create the character Hal in two thousand and one, A Space Odyssey, is that lens. So do go and take, do go and do go and have a look at it. Yeah. We've also got our gold Nikon FA, which is just a ridiculous piece of kit. Yeah. So um, they're just lots of amazing stories, you know, over the last hundred or so years, yeah. and it's nice to be able to tell them, particularly in an environment where. People do love photography, and they love talking about it, and they love Nikon as well.
0: I mean, that's one of the things I think that's very often overlooked, you know, because people usually tend to talk about, you know, specs and, you know, I don't know, megapixels and all the technical details when it comes to cameras. But, but actually, they're just, you know, aesthetically, works of art. When you look at, especially some of those classic cameras, and you think about the the situation that they've been used in, that may maybe, you know, war photography, or up in space, or underwater, or anything like that. It's quite, I think it's, it's quite something when you actually see them right here on display. So, I love it. We're definitely going to show you some B-roll of that in a second. So, what's to come from, from Nikon over the day? I say Nikon, I should be it's saying okay. Nikon. It's okay, you can absolutely <laughs> say
10: Nikon. <laughs> okay.
0: So, what's to come, uh, like what are we to expect like over the next year or so? Is there anything you can give away?
10: Uh, I can't give away more than has already been given away. Damn but it. Of course. But of course, you know, our most exciting news will be the launch of the Z9, yeah. which will be happening this year. Yes. I can tell you that. And beyond that, uh, I can't give you any yeah. more information other than what's yeah. out there in the world.
0: I was secretly hoping
10: <laughs> that no, it no, would be here, you know. But you have um, to wait a longer. Yeah, I'm afraid I'm afraid I have to keep my keep my mouth shut. Yeah. But um, I can assure you it's worth the wait.
0: Fantastic. Julian, thank you very much for joining thank us. Thank you very
10: much. And, uh,
0: which, uh, well, I'm really looking forward to what's to come from Nikon over the rest of the year. And uh, we're gonna cruise on and talk to more people. Right, so we're here at the Sony booth with Sam Pilling. Sam,
11: how's it feel being back? Well, it's exciting. I mean, we've waited for this event for over a year and we're finally carefully and safely engaging with all the customers again, which it's almost like you've not seen friends for a year. It's it's exciting.
0: Yeah.
11: Um, What has been some of the highlights so far for you here? What, showing people products we've been used to for, in some cases, a year, and they're getting their first hands on it. Because during lockdown, people don't be able to go to the retailers and try hands on with the cameras. There's been the internet, but it's just not the same as a physical event where you get the feel of the weight of a camera for the first time. Specifications are great, but you see people go, oh, when they pick up the camera for a time. And it's, yeah, it's that that we've missed. You don't get that signing something through a web page.
0: You know what surprises me when I. You know, when I look at like new camera bodies, for instance, coming out, you know, and I read about them on, online or in a magazine or something, and I see them in real life, I'm always, I'm always surprised how, sm- how much smaller they are than I think they are.
11: Yeah, and that's something that's really relevant for us because obviously mirrorless, we made everything a little bit smaller. Cameras recently have started to get a little bit bigger again as we had more features and controls. But the great thing is you can make you can make a small camera bigger with a grip, something like that. You can't make a big camera smaller. And we've recently released a range of small G lenses, a uh, 24 mil, a uh, 40 mil, and 50 mil. People are seeing for the first time, and they are tiny and great for drone work or just a, a light camera to go in your pocket.
0: What's, the, what's the, the latest news at Sony in terms of camera bodies, for example?
11: Well, everyone's very excited about the A1. We've got the A1 here, and everyone's playing. It's the, it's the one camera which can do both your fantastic 8K video, logging gamut, that sort of thing and you've got your 50 megapixels on the other side at 30 frames a second, and that sort of thing gets really excited. But also, there's a real change in form factor when it comes to vlogging cameras. So this is one of the first places we've shown our new ZV-E10, which is an interchangeable lens camera, but not necessarily aimed at the sort of heavy video enthusiast who might want to change a million different features. It's got some really easy to use features, such as our product showcase setting. It focuses the camera on the nearest item held up to it. So if I was a if I was a makeup reviewer, an obvious choice, if I held a lipstick up to the screen, sorry, to the lens, it'd instantly focus on that instead of prioritizing my face. So, and self-facing screens, tally lamps, the ability to, and this will disgust some of you listeners, in order to give you fantastic bokeh, we have a bokeh button. No mention of aperture, no matter of depth of field. It's really simple to use because it's not necessarily the same as you and me, it's the same the sort of person that just wants to create fantastic 4K video content without the night course in videography.
0: It, it's, sometimes it's really just about that, it's being able to make something look great without a lot of effort.
11: Absolutely, and I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say guilty of myself, but I enjoy those benefits. So I, I will always want to set up lights, or want to set up, you know, white balance readings, things like that. But if I'm walking to the NEC and I'm making my own sort of vlog about my time here at the NEC, I don't have time to set these things up. I grab one of our vlogging cameras. We have a self-facing grip. I've got Bluetooth remote controls and it's just it's just ready to go. And if I want to, I can still shoot in the logging and get arty with it after the fact. Yeah.
0: This is actually something in, in real life that could come in really, really, really handy. I mean, we, we are realizing that here, just shooting lots of stuff around, you know, around the NEC over the last few days, you've got to be so quick off the bark sometimes. And sometimes you miss it. You know, it'd be great to have a piece of technology that allows you to just get a shot, whatever it is that you want to do.
11: Yeah, and again, you mentioned size before. These are not big, bulky cameras. I mean, behind me, we have some of our fantastic cine range of professional video cameras, things like an FX6, which is never going to fit in your pocket. So just having that thing with you, that's ready to go. And it's, it is as simple as turning it on and hitting record. And it, it can shoot 120 frames per second in HD. Uh, so you can do fantastic B-roll just by changing the mode with one button. So really, really easy to use, really quick to start shooting.
0: So, of course, we've got lots of new lenses and camera bodies on display here for people to try out. But there's a lot more going on, on the Sony, uh, in the Sony booth. For instance, behind us, we have this of this little stage. So what's happening on the stage?
11: So we have a variety of different speakers. Some of them are Sony Ambassadors, who we've had a long relationship with. And some of them are new shooters to Sony, who are talking about how they changed from shooting from a third-party brand to Sony Experience. The key thing, though, isn't the Sony brand, it's the level of work. So the presentations are absolutely full of pictures and what the pictures mean to the shooters, and it just so happens they shot Sony. And we also have the demo area as well, where people like Mike Will from UK Shooters is giving live, hands-on, how to shoot with uh, with our model Chelsea, and he's getting some really great results straight out of the camera. And the great thing is, because it's a physical event, socially distanced, the customers can ask questions backwards and forwards, and we can have that real interactive feedback we've missed for the last 18 months.
0: Well this is the thing I always say and I've said it many times before and this episode uh, the photography show is not only a place to come and try out new things it's also a great place to learn new things.
11: Yeah and, and that's exactly the same for me. I always try and often fail to have a wonder because you will see something new that you've not seen before. I've seen um, I've seen a new range of magnetic filters. I won't say <laughs> the brand cuz do not in the favourite that fit on our cameras that cameras without threads you can pop straight on a, a, an ND filter without the need of, of super-gluing something to the front of your camera because it's magnetic. If you get the chance to have a wonder, you can pick something. And then you say the learning side of things is also the stage learning things where there's a, there's a whole heap of information. I, I know that uh, Rankin was here the other day and gave a talk on the main stage. That's the sort of thing you don't come across very often.
0: Excellent. Sam, thank you so much for taking the time talking to us. So that's the Sony store. We're going to look around a little bit more and uh, check out some other awesome products for y'all. So we're here with Louis Foster from MusicVine. Um, you might recognize MusicVine as one of the uh, music platforms for creators on YouTube, but we're also going to be talking about Upbeat. So Lewis, what does it feel like being at the photography show?
12: It's fantastic, yeah, and thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is actually our first time, so we're, we're newbies here. Uh, we're really enjoying it. It's, uh, it's great to be, we're an e-commerce platform, so it's actually amazing to be meeting people in person rather than just online. <laughs>
0: What's the uh, benefit uh, for a creator um, to use a platform like MusicVine?
12: Sure, so Vine makes it a lot easier to find music in all sorts of different styles, so it streamlines that process. Uh, we've designed both of our platforms to help support the creative process, so rather than it being a struggle to try and find the right music, it's actually enjoyable. Along the way, you get inspiration, ideas on how to use music. Um, And also with our platforms, you're supporting musicians. So uh, there's a lot of positives, and uh, yeah, we put a lot of thought into the way we've built our platforms.
0: Because that's the one thing to bear in mind, is that you can't just use any old track Mm. um, to put on your YouTube video, for example. You gotta be really quite careful as far as like, you know, copyrights and licensing is concerned.
12: Absolutely, yeah. So as a big part of it is just using a piece of music legitimately anyways, making sure that you've got the permission to use it. But then, as you say, copyright issues on YouTube are uh, such a big concern for YouTubers these days. And uh, our new platform, Upbeat, which we're really trying to build the Spotify for, for YouTubers and other creators. And that platform guarantees no copyright issues at all.
0: So it makes it even easier for creators to find music on your platform.
12: Absolutely, yeah, yeah. and. The, Upbeat, one of the things that's quite unique about it is the way we've laid out the categories and things like that are based on how creators use music, which is, um, for YouTubers, often quite different to how professionals use it. So music can be used for, like, comical moments and in silly ways, and obviously often for background music behind people talking to cameras. So uh, Upbeat is built entirely for that, right from the ground up.
0: And it's, it, how does it work on, um, on Upbeat? Like, what's the subscription model, or how does it work?
12: Sure. So Upbeat has a really simple model where it's free on the one side, and the free side gives you up to 10 downloads per month because uh, you access about 40% of the catalog. Uh, the upgrade to premium gives you unlimited. It unlocks all the premium and has sound effects as well. That's just $6.99 per month. Yeah.
0: What I can see here on your, um, on your banner, actually, the one thing I really like about the platform is that you can search for music basically by mood, which, yeah. which makes it a lot easier because it's always, you know, when you are cutting a video and you're trying, to, you're trying to find music for it, it's really difficult to know what it is that you want. So searching by mood seems like a really good idea.
12: Absolutely, yeah. So on Upbeat, uh, uh, if you're familiar with Netflix, Netflix has carousels. We have carousels for mood. We also have fun moments. We have a, a creative toolkit. So there's things like time lapse. Uh, there's other things in there like stop motion. There's all sorts of specific editing techniques where we picked out music specifically for those as well. So there's mood, but there's also a lot beyond moods as well.
0: Fantastic. Um, Louis, thank you so much thank for you. talking thank to you. us on the show. I hope yeah. you, you enjoy the rest of it. you. You're gonna be here until Tuesday or Yeah, we're here till Tuesday, yeah. And thanks again for having me. Thank Fantastic. Thanks very much. Cheers. So that's Luis from Upbeat and Music Vine. So we're here at the Wacom stand with David Mallows. David, how are you doing? Yeah, really good. Really
5: great to be back.
0: What does it feel like being back at the photography show?
5: It's just so nice to get out and see people and interact, show people products, let people feel and touch the products. Obviously, we're being careful. We're COVID compliant, wiping stuff down between people. You're coming, using the switching pens and touching screens. Uh, but it's just so great to see people again. So great to be back out. Yeah.
0: It's, it's a nice atmosphere in here, I find.
5: It's actually really relaxed. We find quite often you get these type of shows, a lot of people who just come along, they've never seen the product before, but I think it's much more targeted this year. People are coming because they know about the product, they want to come, they want to see it, rather than just walking past and seeing something and going, oh, what's that? I'll just have a quick look. People are coming over going, I've seen this. Can you show me how it works? Uh, So it seems to be much more targeted. And as a, I think, as a consequence of that, it's really relaxed. Yeah. Yeah. Great relaxed atmosphere. It's lovely. Really.
0: Oh, it's a great opportunity to actually get your hands onto some products. There's a whole bunch of new stuff that's that's you know for the first time on display. Actually, and people
5: have missed being able to go out and to not only see people but to see products and see new products. It's such a different experience to see things in in reality as opposed to looking at it on a screen. Uh, you know, from Zoom meetings and team meetings, the difference of talking to somebody is is immense. You know, you can't comp- just comp- get across the passion um, and the emotion over a screen, and it's the same with product. You look at stuff in two-dimensional um, aspects on a screen, and it just doesn't really feel right, and then you see it and you go, oh, it's much bigger than I thought, or it's much thinner than I thought, it's, it really, people need to see and feel and touch this.
0: Well, this is actually a really good example because I've been a Wacom user for like maybe two years, okay. maybe two and a half years, something like a that. Yeah. Well, a pretty newbie, newbie, yeah, exactly. And so I've been using a, a relatively small, I think it's a medium, okay. yeah, I think it's a medium tablet. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I've seen these, online, but I actually didn't really get an impression as to how big this really is.
5: Well, this is the biggest of the bunch. So this is the Cintiq Pro 32. This is as big as we go in the touchscreen. Um, this is the dream machine. Uh, we all aspire to have one of these, I think. <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> but the, the Cintiq range, I mean, this, we have this. This is the 32, as I said. We have a 24, a 22, a 16, a 13. So there's a product for everybody there. This, you would probably use as a primary monitor and retouching station, so you work directly on the image. Um, but some of the smaller ones, we sell, I would say to everybody, use it as a second screen. So you have your main computer, even it could be a laptop. You have that running, and use it as a second screen. And you retouch it, you edit, and work directly on the screen. The user experience of working on the image is dramatically different to even using a tablet. It makes so much sense. It makes perfect sense. And when you do it, I keep saying to everybody, it's like pinning the tail on the donkey. When you've got the pen and you're working on an image on screen, you go straight into the area that you want to work on. With a tablet or a mouse, you're guiding into the area and then you're making the the changes that you want to make. It's so much more targeted to work directly on the image with the Cintiq range.
0: Exactly. I mean, it, It took me, I'll be honest, it took me, I would say, probably three months until I was... Really confident with
5: the tablet itself. And there are some tips and tricks that I tell everybody that's buying a tablet for the first time. First and foremost, put your hands flat. When your hands are flat on your desk, your tablet should be under your hand. If it's in the middle, you're already turning your arm to a 45 degree angle. Nothing's a natural movement from there. If it's at the side, you push up, it goes up. You pull back, it comes down. It's natural. You have to get the things in the right place. But nobody tells you that when you just get a box. Nobody tells you that online. Yeah, exactly.
0: It's quite, I mean, I found it. I mean, you know, for years I've been editing with the mouse, which is probably the worst way to edit. You know, all things being equal. <laughs>
5: yeah. Well, they could go unedited, which might be worse, of course. Well, yeah,
0: exactly, yeah. But um, but this thing is amazing. I mean, actually, this would make totally sense. Totally sense to for me. I haven't had a go yet, no. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to to trying it out. But I've had. Um, I'm using a secondary monitor for for portrait clients, so they can see what's going on whilst I'm shooting, and also. Because of the way my studio is set up, um, when I'm when I'm closer to the client, I can actually see what's happening rather than on my editing PC, which is sort of you know, a few meters behind yes, me, sort yeah. of a thing. So this would actually be the perfect addition.
5: I think um, the, these being touch enabled as well, uh, that it's tactile, it's engaging, and if you're working, you've got something like this, and the client can come in and say, "Can I just zoom in on there?" and they can touch and zoom on there. Everybody knows how to do that from the, uh, working with tablets and phones and the ability to use your hand to, to manipulate images, move images around, just transpires onto a bigger screen beautifully and everybody gets it. Everybody, and it's so, uh, it's immersive, it's interactive, it works beautifully.
0: I'll tell you what I love about it, because I've, you know, I've been thinking about um, you know, editing on iPad and all that kind of stuff, but this is such a, it's a so, so much better experience compared to an iPad, just because of the size of it.
5: And certainly it is, but even the smaller ones, the 13-inch as an example, it's a different experience entirely to working on an iPad. The iPad using iOS-based um, programs like the, you know, Photoshop and Lightroom for iOS is great, but when you're using a 13-inch Wacom. And it's off of your main computer. It feels like you're working on a Mac oh, yeah. or a PC, and that's the difference. It doesn't feel like you're on a mobile device. You yeah. just feel like you're on your normal device, but you've got this control and this ability to draw and work on images in a whole new way. Yeah. yeah, that's
0: like to be honest. That's that's the main thing that's that's been holding me back to editing on iPad because I don't want to relearn
5: stuff. Yes, yeah, and I think certainly for the old older people that we get coming along, uh, like me. Trying to, yeah, <laughs> I could be your father. So that's, no, I, don't I don't know about that. that. Um, older people, they, they get the mobile devices, but they struggle a little bit with it. But if most of them have been using PCs for 20 years or more, you know, and I go, well, it's a PC. It's the same as your PC. You click down here, there's your Windows Explorer. It comes up, you click to close. Oh, so it it's like a mouse. Well, it is a mouse, it's exactly what it is. And they get that far easier than trying to learn a new system. So for a lot of people, the transition to this isn't a transition at all. They know how to do it already. Yeah.
0: As most people probably think that, you know, te- graphics, tablets in general are just mainly for, you know, use with like photo editing um, software and so on and so forth. But
5: actually you can use it just to operate your PC or your Mac in Absolutely. general. Absolutely, you can do anything with that. So whether you, you close the software down, you want to check your emails, you come in, you're in your internet explorer, it's it can be your everyday computer as well. It is your everyday computer. Yeah. Not everybody uses their machine as a pure editing machine. They're, they're checking their emails. They're on the internet, just doing a little bit of research into what new products are available from Wacom or yeah. so. You know, but nobody's using it for one specific task. You are always constantly switching, doing, um, and this is your computer. It is your computer. So you just go bang bang. You want to open, close. Everything works just exactly the way as it would with a mouse. it's it, as I said. It's so targeted. You just go straight in, straight onto the point that you want to work.
0: I mean, I have to say, I will never go back to not editing with a tablet now. Now that I've tasted to freedom.
5: Yeah, you know? yeah. And so many times I go and visit people and I pick up a pen and I go, oh, sorry, that's your big pen. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking for a Wacom pen the whole time. Every time I sit down, first thing I do, pick up the pen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. What are the other products that you've got on display here today? So we have the two new Mobile Studio Pros. We have a 13 and a 16 Mobile Studio Pro, which is a tablet PC all in one uh, unit that you can literally you can work on at home. You can unplug, take it away, work on the train, get some strange looks when you're using that one on the train. Everybody looking and going, what is that he's using over there? I want one. Um, we've got the Intuos Mediums on show. We have the Intuos Small, which are the tablets the in- before pen input. And of course, we've got this fantastic range of the Cintiq touchscreens, pen input devices as well.
0: So for anybody thinking about getting into using graphics tablets in general, what would you say is like the the, the perfect entry model sort of thing? Uh, For the
5: entry, I mean our biggest selling and probably the most widely used product would be the Intuos Medium. The Intuos Pro Medium tablet, it's a really good size. It's about the size of an A4 piece of paper, and that maps to your screen. And it's really simple and easy to learn to how to use that and to get very accurate results. When you're using a pen, you have so much more dexterity than you do when you're using a mouse, which is a very rigid movement. And it may take a little bit of time just to make that transition. You know you've learned how to use the pen. Um, but Once you do, you, you realize, actually, it's so much easier to work in this way than it is trying to do it with a mouse. I always say to everybody, how well can you draw a circle with a mouse? Yeah. Uh, and they go, oh, I never really thought about that. And then they try and they go, actually, you know, it's really difficult. And I go, now, now try it with a pen, because you've been holding one of these since you were three. Exactly. Um, so you know how to do that instinctively. So actually, it is pure instinct. You pick it up and you go, oh, I get it. I see how it works. The children are the, the most amazing. The gaming generation, the hand-eye coordination, they can't just draw without looking at them. The, the tablet at all. They just sit there and they draw stuff. And, and it's always amazing me. We have some fantastic illustrators come on the stands and go, can I have a good go on this? And they come on and they draw on some of the work that they're producing is just amazing. It's, it's for them, they go, this is just like working on a giant artboard." I'm like, it is an artboard, but uh, running all the latest software.
0: Here's a tip, uh, not a tip, here's a question. Question for you. <laughs> here's a question for you. Um, so on the Wacom tablet, obviously you can map the screen to the tablet, but you can also just dedicate an area of the tablet for the screen depending yeah. on what is do. What would you recommend? Would you recommend using the entire tablet to map the screen or um, narrowing it down to a smaller space?
5: I, I always map the entire screen. I do occasionally run a multi-screen setup and I will have it map across both screens. Right. So the left-hand screen will be the left-hand half of the Wacom, the right-hand will be the right-hand half of the Wacom, the right-hand screen. That works perfectly well. Um, I I don't find that anybody wants to reduce the area that they're working and map a smaller area. Everybody goes, well, you know, it's only the size of an A4 piece of paper. It's nice, nice fluid movement over that distance. If you reduce that down, of course, it becomes a little bit more jerky because you've got less of a finite move to go over a greater distance. It's working over a smaller area. so. Very few people venture into the settings where they're able to map and reduce the size down, and I don't tend to tell people about it.
0: I mean, I find, uh, that's actually exactly the experience that I've had. You know, because originally I think I mapped it to a quarter of the okay. of of the of the tablet surface, yeah. and then I found like especially when you're trying to hit like little faders in in my, in um, uh, Lightroom, for example, I found it really quite hard to do
5: because it's got a very small area. grab it and it's the same you know in Lightroom you can pull the panel out and you pull the side across so the slider has a greater distance to move so it doesn't move in three-digit increments you can now go in single-digit increments why would I want to restrict that map a smaller area can I make it bigger and we go bigger you can buy a large tablet and do it that way of course
0: let's have a look at the uh, Cintiq Pro 32 inch and uh, let's get an experience as to how this actually
5: works so if we're going to do the experience really as an insurance user you should do it yourself and have a go have a go
0: this is literally like riding on the screen, which is, which is very comfortable. It's great. Wicked, as you would not believe how quickly that responds, by the way. It's literally like drawing on paper. There's wasn't?
5: no lag on these at all. The latency is so minimal you don't notice it. There's nothing between your input and what's actually happening on screen. It's all real time. Happens right there. And as I said, working directly on the image with your pen drawing and working directly on the screen is immersive. It's creative. You feel like you're part of the whole. But uh, the experience of editing, rather than just looking at something and saying I'm making changes, or you know, sort of a robotic type way. It's immersive, you're in it, you're part of that process. It's, just so, it's so engaging and, and rewarding for that, I think. Yeah. So where can people go to find out more about? You can go on to wacom.com have a look on the website. Uh, we're working at the show with some of our uh, channel resellers here, so Wex Photographic is an example, they're stocking our product. Um, but for all the learning resources, wacom.com, We've got training videos on there. There's a YouTube channel for Wacom as well also, where there's user uh, end videos for training. Um, all the products are available to have a look at on there. But if you've got time and you're still available and the show's open, come down and see us. <laughs>
0: Fantastic. Thanks, David. Right. Thank, thank you, thank you, you so you. much for talking to us. Um, much much. It was an absolute pleasure. I might have to not tell the wife that I'm buying one of these. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, cool. So we're here at the Zoom stand with Kevin Fabert from Zoom. Kevin, what's your impression of the photography show so far? Um, It's been a a good day, Uh, well a good
13: few days, Um, what's interesting is this is the first time we've done the photography show, Um, we also only started with the brand last summer, so uh, it's been the first opportunity that we've had to actually face-to-face meet with people who buy the gear that we sell and uh, yeah it's been a very interesting experience. Excellent, cool. So what's,
0: what's new and exciting with Zoom this
13: year? New this year are the products that sort of do 32-bit floating-point technology. So we have um, the little F2 and F2BT recorders, which are just lav mic recorders. These literally are so simple, you just turn them on, hit the record button, you can then lock them and forget them. And they will just record until you run out of battery or run out of SD card space. Um, and because they're 32-bit float you can't overload the audio and you, you can adjust the, the sound levels in post without any problem at all. And the F6 is its bigger brother field recorder which has six inputs and effectively works in the same way. So you can plug in six pro mics and uh, again turn it on, set it running and, and sort out any issues that you might have with noise levels in post without worrying about whether you caught the caught
0: the the action or not? Yeah. I, what fascinates me about Zoom is that uh, there's, all, you know, the creator is always sort of in the, you know, in, in the focal point for everything. Like we're running around with a field right, recorder you're at the moment.
13: Running around with a Zoom um, H6 yourself. Fantastic.
0: Exactly. So that works for us. But of course, anything that would make our life easier, smaller, you know, more yeah. convenient would be a winner.
13: Of, of course, absolutely. It's all about making it compact, making
0: it as functional as it can be. Thanks. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. So that's it we have come to the end of episode 75 I hope you found it interesting I hope you've seen something that will you know catch your interest you know if you have any questions about any of the gears that we were talking about in this episode you know, don't hesitate to get in touch send us an email camerata at gmail.com or hit us up on social media Instagram and the rest of it and as always if you have been listening to the audio version of this uh, podcast episode you know be advised that you can see everything in full technicolor over on YouTube That being said,